Hi, this is Keisha. Welcome to the Face to Face podcast. So this is another Mark Taylor prophecy. This one is called the Babylonian prison. Uh, he released this one on 6-12-16. It was actually the same date that Shatter and Scatter was released as well. Um, Just a little side note before going into the recording. Um, I felt as I was re-listening to this prophecy and to our conversation, I felt like the Lord had me dig a little deeper into the Babylonian prison concept. And the thing that he gave me was the fact that the Israelites, they had been warned by Jeremiah that they were headed for exile, that they were going to be required to submit and be in exile uh, under the Babylonians. And it was due to their sin and rebellion that this was about to happen. And I believe that um, this was a type and shadow of some things that we're seeing in the religious system today that um, I truly believe that since I started this podcast, many of my first podcasts were in regards to breaking old uh, paradigms, uh, foundations and prognosis, diagnosis and prognosis, Jesus the revolutionary, um, so many of the, the first podcasts that I did had to do with hey, listen, you've really got to take a step back and examine what you believe and why you believe it because you could be believing wrong things and that you're going to be held accountable for that. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but in a way, I believe that those podcasts have a prophetic element to them. I don't consider myself even remotely a prophetic voice, but sometimes God will speak through the things that we're obedient to do, and he sends a message. And, um, you know, as I'm re-listening to these these recordings that my friend Kim and I had done and putting them on my podcast and just um, looking back in retrospect at the things that, that God has kind of been weaving together over the past year. I really do see where there's a pattern. (laughs) There's definitely a pattern that's coming together And of course, I had no idea who Mark Taylor was or what his prophecies were all about or anything like that when I started my podcast. 
So to kind of take those two things and dovetail them together, um, it definitely seems to make sense. So I would encourage if you have not listened to um, my earlier podcast, um, I would recommend taking a listen and uh, see if it stirs anything in you. Um, you know, like I was saying, the Israelites were warned. They were warned by the prophets that they were going to end up in exile under the Babylonians, that they were going to be imprisoned. And God warned them and warned them and warned them that their, their sin and their rebellion would, would be their demise. And I believe that God is speaking very, uh, very sternly to the church um, because he, he loves, he loves the body of Christ and he desires that, that we would open our eyes to the things that we're blind to and, uh, really understand the fact that some of the things that we believe have nothing to do with what is in the word of God. That there are religious pomp and circumstance type things that we're following after and we're exalting so much so that we're not willing to let go of them. Uh, one of the things that I, I really truly believe um, need to be addressed is the the fact that the church has functioned under the 501c3. Uh, we should not be under that that umbrella. The church does not belong under that umbrella. Uh, one of my more recent Mark Taylor prophecies, oh, I can't remember which one it is right off the top of my head, but I believe it was maybe three podcasts previous to this one. But I had, uh, I had linked some teachings about why the 501c3 is not something that the church should be connected to. Um, just for example, Planned Parenthood is a 501c3 organization. 501c3s are not evil in and of themselves. You know, there are many charitable organizations that function under a 501c3. But the history as to why the church even became enmeshed in that, um, you know, but it's just what we've always done for years and years. And, you know, just say, well, you know, if you're going to be a church, you've got to get your 501c3. You know, it was a big deal. Um, but we really didn't understand the origins or the roots of what we were doing. So... Like I said, maybe go back and listen to a few of the other podcasts I've done. And 
I really believe that this is a time that we urgently need to bring bring it all before the Lord and ask him and to help us sort it out. He has been so faithful to me to help me see the things that I needed to see. And when you're blind, you're blind. And I've been blind to many things, so I'm I'm not I'm not trying to heap condemnation on anyone. But what I am saying is are there things? Are there things that we're doing that's holding back the church from being able to function in the fullness of what God desires us to function in? Is it because we're doing these things? We're we're unequally yoked under a 501c3 to abortion clinics. Do we need to repent of that? Are there other things that we're doing that we need to repent of? You know, and it, you know, we we can't we can't then, you know, get so caught up in not doing stuff that we <laughs> you can you can make a an idol out of that too. I get it. But at the same time, I I don't think it hurts to take stock, to take inventory, to check your foundation and make sure that what you're building your life upon is truly the rock. Because there are storms coming. There are storms coming that are going to buffet the church. And Jesus himself spoke very clearly about where you needed your house to be built. And if it's on shifting sand, we're not going to survive this. We need to be built on the rock. He needs to be our cornerstone. We can't have all these cracks in the walls. We can't have all these uneven, bumpy places in our life. Or it's, it's just not going to withstand what's coming. And I believe that along with the storm that's coming, there's also a revival coming. And we want to be well prepared as a church. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to what I have to say and for listening to these these prophetic words that we are reading and the conversations and the prayers. And um, I really truly hope that you are blessed and that it does cause you to stop and think that I'm sowing seeds. I pray I am sowing seeds into your life that will bear a harvest. I love you and God bless. So here we are um, with another Mark Taylor prophecy. Uh, the next one is in the uh, in line is is titled the Babylonian Prison. Uh, this one is dated June twelfth of twenty sixteen, and I'm just going to go ahead and get started. Um, 
Kim, if you if you feel to to share anything, um, just go ahead and let me know once we wrap it up. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the Spirit of God says there is a beast in the east that's trying to rise that thinks he's the best, but I have one in the west that will give him a godly surprise and take him down to the least. For this beast that has risen is no surprise for my church, is in a Babylonian prison. Come out of her or it will be your demise. The Spirit of God says the chaos and the clatter that the earth is in is directly related to the Babylonian box that the so-called church is in. For my earth is moaning and groaning for my sons and daughters to arise with bliss. Where is my army that will send this beast back to the abyss? For how can you take on a beast when you're deaf, mute, and blind? For all beasts are ancient and old and lurk about seeking an enemy whom they can steamroll. For this beast has no teeth and lurks in the brush, trying to lure you into an ambush. Do not attack until you come out of her, that Babylonian system, or you will fall prey and be decimated beyond comprehension. The Spirit of God says, For when my people realize the curse they are under and come out, break the curse, then they will plunder. For as they come out of her with a mass exodus, there I will be to restore her back to my body. And I, as the head, she will have power, authority, and unity again, and the enemy shall fall as dead. Ooh, felt the spirit of God on that one. Mm -hmm. for, you, for you wonder why the world is so perverse? It's because my church has forsaken her first love and is under a curse. Come out of her now. Don't walk but run and do not wait. Before you cross the point of no return, for then it's too late. Come back to me. Come back to me and make me your first love. I have dearly yearned. For some, it's already too late, for they have not learned. Mm. Yeah, wow. I really felt the spirit of the Lord on that. Uh, yeah. On that. I'm, I'm going to read that again. I just, I feel okay. to repeat it. Mm -hmm. The spirit of God says, for when my people realize the curse they are under and come out, break the curse then they will plunder. For as they come out of her with a mass exodus, there I will be to restore her back to my body. And I as the head, she will have power, authority, and unity again. And the enemy shall fall as dead. For you wonder why the world is so perverse. It's because my church has forsaken her first love and is under a curse. Come out of her now, don't walk but run, and do not wait before you cross the point of no return, for then it's too late. Come back to me, come back to me and make me your first love. I have dearly yearned, for some it's already too late, for they have not learned. 
small. That is good. Um, I don't be able to share yet what I was reading about being under the Babylonian rule, the curse. Um, I think I need to brush it out a little bit and just really understand because um, yeah. I don't want to misspeak or say something that I shouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. But the one thing, funny. the one thing here that stuck out to me, like that, is amazing. That bottom paragraph. Um, mm. But the thing that stuck out to me as a second was, for the beast has no teeth and mm. lurks in the bush. So for him to say that to me it means that there really is no authority. There's really no power. It's only what we give it, what we give the enemy in our life, right? You know, right. there's, I just, I read that and I, that popped out to me. Yeah, 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 and, um, you know, do not attack until you come out of her, that Babylonian system, mm -hmm. or you will fall prey and be decimated beyond comprehension. So although the enemy that lurks, the beast that lurks has no teeth um, until the the church awakens and come out, comes out of that Babylonian system. You know, it's mm -hmm. the enemy, the devil only gains access where we open a door. Right. So when we're living in a deceived state when we're right. living in, in deception and the enemy sees our weaknesses um he is then able to use our own emotions our own um words against us mm -hmm. and um you know although i don't understand the, the whole babylonian prison concept just yet I, I do I do just really feel that the Lord is the Lord is beckoning us that we would stop trying to fight blind mm -hmm. like that there's so many who are caught up in this deception that have yet to awaken that have yet to come out from underneath this this curse as he mentioned that there is going to be an awakening for when my people realize the curse they are under, there's going to be an awakening that happens. There's mm -hmm. going to be a great awakening that happens in the days ahead. And once they come out of that and break the curse, then they will plunder. Then right. we will walk in the fullness of authority that we have, in Christ, mm -hmm. then we'll be functioning in a greater capacity than what we are now. It's almost like, you know, I just I feel in in my in my spirit that like we're we're in the dark and we're we're just thrashing around um, with a sword, and you know we we know that we're equipped and we know that God is for us, but we're still in the dark in a lot of ways and. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you're thrashing around wildly and sometimes you hit, sometimes you make a hit and there's, you know, you, you, you get a victory. There's, you know, demons that are cast down and people that are delivered and set free. There are, there are people that are healed and, you know, mm-hmm. and these, these amazing, incredible things happen. But I, I really sense in my spirit that what is coming forth is that the lights are going to get turned on. In the mighty name of Jesus, the lights are going to get turned on. And we are going to see fully. We are going to have full spiritual perception. And we're just going to be able to have such accuracy when we go after these these powers of darkness and principalities and we are going to hit the mark every single time mm-hmm. every single time they're, and they're going to come down <laughs> they're coming yeah. down yeah. you know they are coming down and that the the beckoning back to our first love oh yeah that's that's what it's all about. That's that's what we we you know he he says in in the book of Revelation he says I have this against you that you that you do not love me as you did at first. Mm-hmm. You know the the innocence that all-consuming. Of, mm-hmm. yeah total yeah, surrender. Yeah. Yep, that childlike yeah. love, that that exciting um, love that we had for the Lord when we first came to Him, mm-hmm. that were weighted down under religious garbage, right? And it's taken us away from our first love, and and you know, just from the little bit that you shared with me earlier, the Babylonian prison, mm-hmm. it's it's a religious. It's a religious system, right? You know, and um, you know, it's man-made. It's so- it's, it's a completely man-made way, um, and yeah. we need to get back to the root of of Christ as the head, and not man. Yeah, and I I look at that, um, and that part where it speaks about you. We lost you, Kim. Until you... Oh, there you are. Can you... Okay. Yeah, you cut out for a second. <coughs> um, basically, the, where was it talking about you? The clatter of my earth moaning. You couldn't deal with it until... Oh, right here. Do not attack until you come out of her. I, I saw it as like thinking about, like, leaving a door open, right? Because we talk about we've opened doors and having this Mm -hmm. door open and trying to shoo out insects and critters that have come in because the door is open as they're still Mm -hmm. coming in and we're just trying, we're, there's, there's no, you're not getting ahead until that door is shut. And once that door is shut, then, then you can get headway. Then you can take care of things. And so, you know, and I, and I see what God is saying here as far as you can't have a door open and think you're going to have authority to cast something out when mm. he has the same, you're, you're leaving that authority for him to come right back. So yes. it's important 
um, that that power source, that tie, that religious spirit, that whatever it is um, that is there tying us to that captive lifestyle has got to be broken fully. Yeah. Um, until you can then have a victory over the enemy. So. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because there's too many areas of our life at this point. And I'm, you know, I believe that, that Jesus paid it all. I believe that it's all under the blood of Christ. But there mm -hmm. are certain areas of our life where we are not yet fully surrendered. There are places right. in us, um, you know, areas maybe of unforgiveness, mm -hmm. um, you know, bitterness, uh, where we, we maybe aren't even fully functioning in um, under grace, but, you know, in these religious systems where you've got to earn, you've got to earn certain things. Um, you know, so we're, we're not functioning and operating. Jesus isn't really, you know, Lord of the situation. He's not really Lord of our life. He's, um, he's a secondary backup plan still in a lot of ways. And I, you know, we have to be willing to examine our hearts and, and really, uh, truly be willing to admit that there, there are areas in our life where we're not fully surrendered to him, that we're still trying to pull it together for ourselves and mm -hmm. um you know so then when we try to come against the enemy just kind of laughs and he's like well you gave me permission to be here you gave right. me permission to do this you know because he's a legalist the enemy right. is a legalist look at how he um went before god so boldly when um when job was tested mm -hmm. you know the, the enemy is not he is not going to give you an ounce of leeway. So if we're in agreement with him in some area of our life or we're living out of a religious foothold in some every area of our life and we're mm -hmm. trying to cast out this and cast out that, and he's like, I ain't going anywhere. You gave me permission to be here. Right. You know? And I feel like that's what that, that is, uh, that's touching on. He's saying, you know, you're going to be decimated beyond comprehension because you're trying to fight an enemy that you basically, like you said, you left the door open and you invited him in. Right. And, and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize that we've given him permission to be there, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's what I believe the awakening that's coming is going to, um, that's what that's going to accomplish is, we're going to begin to realize the curses that we're still under because mm -hmm. we're not functioning in what we were called to do. Um, there's a lot of areas of our life where we're not, we're not honoring the commands of Christ. Right. We're not honoring the covenant um, that, that we're in with him. There was, two things that he basically asked of us. He asked us to abide in him, to bear fruit, and he asked that we, he commanded us to love one another as he has loved us. And I can say, even myself, even on my best day, I'm not mm -hmm. living up to that. I'm right. not. All sure. You know, 
we all fall short of that in in different ways and um you know right. but i i i am definitely seeking god day by day to grow and to um you know to to awaken to the those things in my life but i'm not there and and nobody is so you know and it's like it says in first john um i think it's in first john 2 it says you know, if you say that you don't sin, then you're calling God a liar because he right. says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. So, you know, I just, I really feel like, I really feel deeply to just come before the Lord with a heart of repentance tonight and mm -hmm. just, and just ask him to, um, open our eyes and, um, you know, just just reveal any yeah. religious um, religious strongholds that we have. I think we all, in some way, um, can have that ability to form certain types of religious things. You know, um, coming into agreement with um, getting into. You know, we can trying to think how I want to say this. Um, the religious spirit can be so deceiving because we can think we're so right and be so far wrong. And the only way that our eyes can be opened to an area of our life that maybe we may be operating in that is simply to ask God to truly reveal us. Reveal, open my eyes, open my heart to have the ability to even fathom the understanding that I am dealing with this in my life, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Cause I think denial in this area is huge. <clears throat> I, I, I know in my own life, there's certain things that I've had to come against that I've gotten religious about rigid about that. I know, yes, is the concept correct? Is it, does it line with scripture? Absolutely. But there's that religious rigid spirit that comes with it. That doesn't have mercy or grace that's that's the wrong mm. like i think that's where we get off right. off with it you know yes yes and uh you know the lord had brought me to the scripture today as well because we had talked last night about how jesus said he came to complete the law and how that ties yeah. into you know the whole i i set before you this day life and death and um you know choose life and that we're to follow choose the life. commands and the, jesus said he didn't come to abolish that or get rid of it but he actually came to fulfill it well in romans in in romans i think it's in uh either the end of 13 or the beginning of 14 it says love completes the law mm. love love completes the law because it does no harm to its neighbor and i really believe that that is that is like the burden of my heart for the body of Christ is that we would realize that it doesn't matter what your doctrinal stand is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I'm not saying the word of God isn't important, but if you're putting the word of God above how you treat your brethren, right? You're, you're still a gong. You're right. a gong. You're just, you're just Love a clanging noise in God's ears. Yeah. Yeah. That love and is love that, that bomb. 
rigidness in somebody that in a particular area of their life that like no this is one thing I'm just you know I'm not in agreement with you on when love yeah. can overcome that that's mm-hmm. when hearts get opened ground gets taken yes. to the Lord things get mm-hmm. like love is the key I mean yeah when they said Jesus what's the most important thing <laughs> um, what was his response he okay. said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And um, we all know we, some of us struggle with it, but we do a pretty good job yeah. of loving ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, God just gave me this example, too, um, because I believe that as we go forward, I really believe that that a huge thing that's going to come forth is we're going to see an opportunity for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I really, truly feel that in my spirit, that that is like God's heart to see Roe versus Wade overturned in this nation in the midst of revival, not just as a, as like a core thing, but I feel like in the midst of revival, that there would be an overturning of Roe versus Wade. And, um, but I had come across the story of the woman that had been in the midst of this legal battle to bring about Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, which, but, but anyway, um, you can, you can look this up and, and um, Mm -hmm. see it for yourself. But the, the thing is, is that she did eventually become um, a follower of Jesus Christ. And Mm -hmm. she tells, she would tell the story. I I believe she's passed on. I, I, I think she had lost a battle with cancer. Um, but, uh, she said she would come out of, you know, these places and there would be these Christian protesters screaming in her face. And she said that that was not what brought her to Jesus, that what brought her to the, to the, the loving kindness of Jesus was that there was a man who approached her one day in kindness and he prayed for her, and he talked to her, and he showed her things in a loving and gentle way. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said the impact that his kindness, you know, she could feel the love of Jesus in this mm-hmm. man, who then later on became her husband, they ended up marrying. But he had approached her in a way that no other Christian did. She said that there were people who identified as Christians who were screaming hateful things at her as she would come from, you know, come out of courthouses and and things like that. And she said that was not what swayed her to, she said it was the love of Jesus that came through this, this gentle and kind man who chose to talk to her about what he believed and she mm-hmm. said that that's when she gave her heart to the Lord. And I really believe that that's a word for us as a body of believers is, yes, we can be so right about something. Those Christians were not wrong for being against, right. um, for being pro-life. They were not wrong about that. Right. But the way 
that they chose to present the word of God and represent Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, by acting hateful yeah. was was wrong. And that's that's what God is looking for us to examine our hearts for in this hour, is how mm-hmm. are we choosing to represent our Lord and Savior who came not in a in a spirit of, you know, um, pushy demands, but he actually came as a servant, the washer of feet, the one who would die for our sins upon a cross, and we're called to love like him. Mm-hmm. And he was a gentle and humble and meek man. And, um, you know, so I just I really feel like that that's the that's the vein of love that God is is looking for us to examine in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Are we sure that we're really loving people, or are we yeah. just loving to be right? See, and I have an, an example in my own life when I first got newly saved. So that you're in that first love, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just so on fire for the Lord. I was working at um, MetLife at the time, so this is many, many years ago now, because I've been where I'm at now for 20 years, um, and I was in a position where I was training and for the phone, for the phone team, and um, this young teenage girl was um, assigned to me for training, and I always had my Bible, because in between calls, I could read my Bible, um, so... I had my Bible on my desk, off to the corner, and but I didn't really preach to anybody. I just, it was for me, right? Um, mm-hmm. But there was something about this young girl that when she sat and we listened on calls and in between calls when we had the free time to talk, she just started, she had a, um, a background where she was raised in the church but turned away due to hurts and offenses and kind of went her own way. Um, but she just kept asking questions and just, talking like it was initiated on her end um and she ended up received um she went she had a one-night stand and she got pregnant and she revealed it to me and said that she was going to have an abortion and mind you even during that time we were still trying to conceive we had always been struggling with fertility um but even though I was in that place myself, God, and I can only say it was God because it's nothing in me. Somehow mm-hmm. God gave me a compassion for her to speak to her in a loving way. And I just tried to inform her with as much knowledge as I could as to why she shouldn't go down that avenue. And mm-hmm. she ended up calling me. She had the abortion, but she ended up calling me separately at home, crying so sad about what she had done because Mm -hmm. unfortunately she had reached a point um, in the process of going in to um, what's the center? Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. There was no turning back. Like at this point she had to follow through, but she was crying and she felt like I wanted to get up and walk out, but I couldn't. And, Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, will God ever forgive me? And um, and I thank God that he, I didn't know what to say, but I feel like God gave me this compassion and love for her that there was no judgment. Like I had tried to educate her 
but she didn't yeah. follow through with that. And but still, God still loved her, and she was repentant about what she had done. She was sorry. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, she ended up getting saved. Had Mark and I both were in her wedding. Um, uh, it was just this amazing relationship that was developed at a time that she needed someone to show love, even though she made choices that were contrary to what the Word of God had said. Yes. And, and that provided fruit in her life. Look at the fruit that came from that. Instead of me saying, oh, yeah, an abortion, don't even, you know, I don't even want to go there. I mean, as a church body, yes, we want to educate why we don't want to follow through with something like that. But when that happens, God's not a, a God that wants us to live in a place of condemnation. That mm. once we repent, confess our sins, our slate is clean. And we right. get to move on, just like David. We get to move on. You don't have to sit here and wallow for years and, am I saved? I really did this terrible thing. No, I am. No, you know what? And you should keep going back and forth. No. Mm-hmm. Once, once you've asked for forgiveness, no matter what it is, it is washed clean, and you are yes. new in Christ. And um, and that that to me was that happened fairly. I'm not maybe I was saved a year. Maybe I was. I know I was new in the Lord. Mm. It was in the early, late '90s. But it always sticks to me. It's so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. Such a powerful. It is um, powerful. Yeah. It just. It was huge. But it was yeah. being able to not get caught up in this self-righteous, religious attitude of how could you do that, you know? Um, right. But instead right. showing compassion, you know? Yeah. And it is it is so easy to get caught up in that. But, you know, I feel like there was one thing that you had said was that God, by his spirit, gave you the compassion um, for that young woman. And, you know, as we as we pray, I really believe that, you know, once again, we can sit here and talk about what we should do and shouldn't do all day long, but it's mm-hmm. until the Spirit of God makes an impression upon our hearts and that we have, we are alive in Christ. It is when we are alive in Christ. It says in First John. Um, I just want to. I want to read it so I can read it the way that the Scripture says. I feel like that's important. Um, in First John three, three fourteen, it says. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Mm -hmm. And we are only, the only way that life is breathed into us is because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, that we Mm -hmm. believe in him. And it says in 23, and this is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. Mm -hmm. So 
I I really feel like we just brought it we brought it full circle, and um, you know that's that's where our prayer needs to be focused is mm-hmm. that that we would recognize the areas of our life where we are not alive in Christ, mm-hmm. and that we would that we would uh, we would make the choice the conscious choice to line up with the spirit of the living God Amen. and believe that Jesus is more than able. Amen. Amen. So Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the way that you are revealing to us the deceptions and the lies that we have been in bondage to. Lord, I thank you for the way that you are awakening your church. Yes, Lord. I thank you for your mercy and your kindness, your loving kindness toward us, your unwavering, unending mercy and grace. Lord, position us in such a way that we truly receive the gift of grace in our lives. That we would be touched by grace because I know that grace, when grace touches the human soul, there is a response. The same way that when the sun and the rain touch a flower that the flower opens I believe that when your grace touches the human soul that there is a there is an awakening and a stirring and a hunger Lord don't let us be satisfied to be swinging our sword in the dark anymore don't let us be satisfied stir us awaken us let the Let the blood begin to flow in our innermost being in the places that were, you know, just like when a, when, when your leg falls asleep and, and you, you move in such a way that the, the blood flow begins again and, and there's the, the pins and needles and the tingling and it's very uncomfortable at first, Lord, but, but let us not be surprised by that. Let us not be surprised by the way that the awakening causes us this this discomfort and you know that we would we would feel the discomfort and that we would bring it before you and and that we would repent of the things that we had been doing in in the days past and repent of the of the lies that we had come into agreement with lord and that mm-hmm. your life would flow in us and through us and that the evidence that life flows in us and through us would be our walk of love that we would not try to strain to bear that fruit but that we would abide in you to bear that fruit that we would know that we are we are aligned with you and abiding in you that we are the branch in your vine Jesus by the fruit that we begin to bear in our lives and the way that we are loving and the way that we're compassionate and the bring us back to our first love let us love you as we did it first lord jesus let us love you as we did it first we want nothing more than to have our eyes fixed on you the author and the finisher of our faith 
you who are righteous and you who are you are the way and the truth and the life you are the way to our Abba Father you are our reconciliation and who better to bring forth reconciliation upon the earth than those who know and are living fully out of the fact that they are reconciled thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let the fire of God fall on our lives. Let the fire of God fall. Let all that can be shaken be shaken. Yeah. Father, the fire is meant to burn away imperfections and impurities in our lives. And so, Father, fire is never pleasant. It's uncomfortable. The heat. Lord, is uncomfortable when we're what we feel to be under attack or under pressure. But sometimes those, those events are not what we think they are, but they're that fire, the heat that we're feeling to refine us, to refine our character, to remove the dross, Lord, to remove the, the imperfections that we've allowed to take root in our lives. And so, Lord, we ask you, we begin to ask you to uproot, uproot anything that is not rooted in your word, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Anything that is not rooted in your word, uproot from our lives, uproot from my life, Lord God. I want to be so sold out to you, Lord, that there's no room for anything other than you. Yes, Lord. And Lord, let us not waver in our conviction for truth, mm-hmm. but let us let us not let us not um, be enabled to speak our truth in a way that does not reflect the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because your word, your word says. That the, that the demons believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That, they, that they know who Jesus is and they tremble. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that they serve him. That mm-hmm. does not mean that they love him. So we have to know the difference. Let, let the light of Christ be shined on our hearts. That we would know the difference between the places where we are doctrinally right, but we are so far removed from the character and the nature of the one who bore our sins and our shame. Help us to cherish the true nature of Jesus Christ. So much so that we would be so sensitive to the way that we treat others mm-hmm. if it's not of him and it's not revealing of him, that we would just be so sensitive to that, Lord. 
Let your church arise. Let your church arise and take her full authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Mm. <laughs> you know, I just, I opened my eyes um, to, uh, and I was looking at it, I had highlighted 1 John 3.22, and it says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Mm. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. That's a, that is a concrete statement. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. That is what we need to awaken to. We need to awaken to the fact that if we want to see our the prayers that we have over this nation, the prayers that we have over the the church itself, and there mm -hmm. has to be this mass exodus out of that Babylonian prison in order mm -hmm. for us to be able to truly keep his commands Amen. and see Amen. those prayers answered. We need our eyes wide open. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, all right. Why? Well, yeah, yeah. That was very good. That was very good, and I, I, I just pray that um, that any that need to receive it will receive it. Amen. 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 Well, all right. So we Thank will. Uh, we will be back tomorrow evening. Amen. With yeah. Acts prophecy. We love you all. And everyone have may a you be blessed. Wonderful safe evening. Amen. Amen. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Kim. Okie doke. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.